0: Hola, my name is Erica, certified parent coach and mom of two. Welcome to Corazon Parenting, the go to show for cycle breaker parents paving the way to a new way of parenting. In this podcast, we will discuss all things related to parenting and child development, helping you navigate the common communication breakdowns, behavioral challenges, power struggles, and emotional roller coaster that comes with parenting. Thank you for being here and welcome to this episode. Hola, welcome to another episode of Corazón Parenting. Thank you for being here. Um, Yeah, so I was listening to the last podcast episode, the first one. And I need to work on my storytelling. I don't think I really hit it home when I was talking about how difficult, how challenging it was to go from being a mom of one and having an only child to then having another baby and what that felt like to lose that relationship with my oldest when she was my only child. So I'll work on that. But again, thank you for listening and thank you for being here for another episode. Today, we are going to talk about what really matters when it comes to our parenting. When it's all said and done, what are the things that really matter? What do um, experts have to say? What does the research have to say? Now, what I think about when I think of the things that I want for my kids, when it's all said and done, I think the things that I have on my list are probably going to be pretty universal for a lot of us. We want our kids to be happy, to be fulfilled, to be successful, and success, we may look at that differently, depending on who you are. To be healthy, a lot of us say we want to prepare our kids for the real world, and again, that may look differently depending on how we view what, what that looks like, how we define that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. We want our kids to have a good character, to be good people. We want them to be in good relationships. Uh, And, you know, we think about the relationships that we want to have with them, the things that we want for them that were not an option for us, how we want to do things differently because either we have the option, there's the opportunity, or because we know better and we want to do differently. So when we're thinking about the things that we want for our kids, what do the experts have to say when it's all said and done, when they're grown up, out of the house, when they're living on their own, coming home for the holidays, what does their life look like? And what matters, what, what in our parenting impacted the way that, they, the way that things turned out for them, the, the way that they learned to make sense of themselves, of relationships, of the world. According to Dr. Daniel Siegel, a leading expert on child development, he says, and I quote this from one of his books, one of the best scientific predictors for how any child turns out in terms of happiness, academic success, leadership skills, meaningful relationships, basically everything that we've listed uh, that are important to us is whether at least one, at least one adult in their life has consistently shown up for them. Notice that it says at least one adult. And it doesn't really say who that, uh, that adult needs to be, but at least one adult showed up consistently for them. Not perfectly, consistently. So what does showing up consistently mean? What does that look like? It is more than the, the material things, more than providing food, shelter, safety, or education. These are important, but it does go beyond that. Dr. Daniel Siegel explains that showing up, showing up is about the quality of the relationship with that adult. And this is going to feel new for some of us because many of us did not grow up feeling like we were in a relationship with our parents. We were just there to do as we were told, to be seen but not heard to follow the rules. And so now as parents, it is going to require a mindset shift. Dr. Daniel Siegel describes this through four S's. Does the child feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure? And we'll talk about what that means and what that looks like. But why does that matter? What does having an adult that consistently shows up in a way that makes them feel safe, seen, soothed, insecure? What does that do for us and why does that matter, like he mentioned, in terms of happiness, academic success, leadership skills, meaningful relationships? How does that impact those things? Since birth, children have a biological understanding that their life depends on us, that they depend on us for survival. Knowing that a caregiver is safe and that they can provide safety It's a biological need. So that we'll start there. Are we tending to the baby when they cry? Are we responding to their needs? Are we tending to the toddler when they're crying as well? Do we minimize or do we validate the problems of our teenagers? Do we give their problems the same importance that they do? Of course, from the adult perspective, from the calm leader that is helping them make sense of their feelings. But are we seeing those... Feelings and what's going on for them with the same importance that they do. So, who our children become and how they learn to view themselves and the world is influenced by many things, but it starts with their caregiver. And so, parenting has a very significant impact in how our children learn to view the world, how they interpret the world, how they make sense of who they are, how they make sense of relationships, and how they make sense of the world. The way that we speak about them, how we tend to them, how we make sense of their behavior, and how we show up for them influences how they learn to make sense of their worthiness, of who they are, of how they interpret and process their feelings, and of what to expect in in relationships in general. How we treat them becomes a physical representation of love. The way that they see this love with us creates a blueprint, a mirror for self love and love in relationship with others. What we say to them becomes their inner voice. This matters because this is where they get to learn firsthand what healthy love looks like. What do they learn to put up with in adulthood because we normalized in parenthood? So it it can either be a representation of what healthy love looks like or the things that should be red flags in adult relationships, but were normalized in childhood. Do we create a lot of green flags in our relationship with them, in our parent-child relationship, in our parenting, so that they know to recognize the red flags in their relationships as they go into their teen years and adulthood? Our parenting has the power to impact how our kids perceive themselves, who they are, their worthiness. It impacts their self-esteem, their confidence, how they tend to their feelings and the feelings of others. So it creates meaning. It creates, I mean, just imagine they're brand new humans in this world and we are their guides. We are the ones who are creating that inner voice for them. It's about emotional, psychological, and relational safety. And this creates the foundation for their brains to thrive in. There needs to be a sense of safety. And when there is that foundation of safety, their brain is ready to learn, to be curious, to explore, to take risks. This is what creates resilience. They need a foundation of safety first to be resilient. They need to know that they stand on a strong foundation that can support them when they take risks, when they go through hard moments. And I'm sure some of us, you know, if if, depending on your own experience, you may say, well, I didn't have that and I turned out fine. You were resilient, but it was despite the challenges, despite what you didn't have and despite the challenges that you did face, not because of, it is despite of which is great. It, it's absolutely something to celebrate, but there's no need. It's not a prerequisite for resilience or to be a tough kid or to be able to withstand tough situations and to be able to overcome challenges in life. So what does it look like? What does it look like for a child to, to, to have these things? We have to think about, are we a source of safety for our kids? Do they, see, do they feel safe with us? And again, safety is more than physical safety. Is there a, safe, a sense of safety, an emotional safety, a relational safety, psychological safety? Do they feel safe to share their feelings, to make mistakes? Do they feel safe to be themselves? Are we approachable? Can they be imperfect and still feel unconditionally loved? Can they come to us for any problem? Do they know that their worthiness is not dependent on their behavior? Do they know that they are worthy just because they are? Again, can can they be themselves? Do we force them into activities that they don't want to do, that they don't enjoy? Do they have to fit a box or a label of who they need to be in order to to feel praised, to be praised? Do we create conditional moments with them, conditional love without even being intentional? Do we box them into labels or does the relationship feel unsafe? Do they feel like they have to hide parts of themselves? Do they feel like we won't understand them or hear them out? Are we parenting using fear or maybe even shame as, we, as our go-to parenting tools? Do we withdraw love when they don't behave the way that we expect them to? Do we isolate them? These are forms of conditional love. And so what, what is their brain? They're, they're very young, still developing brain. How do they make sense of that? And so we don't want to leave them alone with their thoughts and their feelings. We, we want to help them make sense of what's happening Do we check in with them? Do we have conversations? Is there an open door for communication? Do we talk about feelings? Do they learn to make sense that they are worthy? Or do they learn to make sense that they are unworthy when they don't meet our expectations? This, again, develops self-worth. And for me, one image that I keep in mind is especially when I sense that my daughter or my children fear me, if there's any sort of fear, whenever they do something that they know they're not supposed to do, I just think, how do I want to handle this? And what am I feeding? And I think of an image of my children being teenagers and doing typical teenage things, teenager things, where they, they still have a hard time with understanding c- consequences. And I just picture them if they're at a party there's underage drinking and they're left alone and there's no friends there to take them home, nobody's safe to take them home, are they going to fear calling me more than possibly getting into a car with somebody who is not capable of driving? What will they fear more? Calling me and potentially getting in trouble with me or making that very dangerous decision to get in a car with somebody who is not in the condition to drive? And so I think of that. And I, I, th- that's one of the things that I keep in mind. I don't want a parent out of fear. I don't want my kids to fear me. I want to be the person that they come to when they are in these type of situations. And so how do we do that? How do we nurture that? How do we cultivate that from a young age? It's not by making our kids scared of us. It's not by parenting through fear or using fear as our go-to parenting tool. Do we truly, deeply see our kids? Do we deeply see their internal experience, especially when they're having very challenging moments, when there's the meltdowns, the challenging behavior that, that typically would be punished? Do we, do we pause to see what could be behind that? So we have to remember all behavior is communication, and it is the best attempt that our children have at having a need met, especially when they're toddlers, when they're young, even when they're teenagers. So so what's underneath that? What is the challenge? What is the skill that they're lacking? What are they needing in that moment? And it can be very hard to slow down and to really try to interpret challenging behavior, but we need to do that because there, has, there is something more. And if we want to go from, from being the person that just is managing behaviors to the person who is helping our children build skills, we have to take that step of, of really slowing down and trying to interpret what's beneath that behavior. And then in terms of their feelings, can we go beyond the challenging behavior and tend to their feelings first? Do we send the message that their feelings are valid, that they make sense? They're not exaggerating or overreacting, that they're allowed to have their feelings and their experience. Do they feel like they make sense and like they belong? Do they receive the consistent message that when they have feelings that they don't even understand themselves, when they're out of control, that we will be there to support them, that... We will help them make sense of what's happening and we will soothe them. Do we consistently show that we can handle their big feelings? Can we be the sense of security that they need when they're overwhelmed and when they're out of control? Can we bring calm for them? Can we be that calming, calming presence for them? Will we be the calm that they need? And it's not just what we say, it's, it's what we do. So we, it's not about following a script to get them to calm down. It's about really embodying a sense of calm. And it comes with the tone of voice, with our, our body language, with our calming presence. So it takes work because we have to be calm first. We have to work on that um, on ourselves. And so one of the things that we don't want to do is to leave them alone with their feelings and leaving them alone to make sense of their feelings. And why does this matter? When we tend to our children's emotional state, even when they're at their worst behavior, we are building a skill. We're practicing co-regulation. Over time, they will build a capacity to calm themselves down. And when we consistently show up with like that, they learn to do that for themselves co-regulation, soothing our children so that they can eventually soothe themselves. This strengthens a part of their brain that is responsible for decision-making, for empathy, for emotional regulation, for for problem-solving, super important. This is also how they learn to, again, build their identity and really show up authentically. When we don't create this punishment and reward system where we send the message that, that certain things about them are, unworthy and and other things are more worthy so we are allowing them to make mistakes so we see difficult challenging behavior as just an opportunity to build a skill and there's it it takes time and practice repetition and we make mistakes and we practice and we practice and we practice until we build the skill so it really takes viewing parenting in, in just a very different way through a very different lens and again it's not about always showing up perfectly It's about showing up consistently. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to get it wrong a lot of times. And the goal is is never perfection. But in the not so perfect moments when we did not show up in the way that best supports our children and that helps them feel safe and seen and soothed, do we take accountability? Do we repair? Do we help them make sense of what happened? Again, by taking accountability and do we open the doors of communication so that they can offer their feedback so that they can share with us? And let us know how, how they feel in, in this relationship, how they are, what, what they're experiencing in their inner world. Being intentional and reflective is what gives the opportunity to stop history from repeating itself. If you're, if you're somebody who's trying to break cycles of disconnection, of harsh punishments, of yelling, put downs, of shaming, it, it's going to take intentionality, awareness, self-reflection, and accountability. And a lot of unlearning, a lot of making mistakes and of repairing. We're not responsible, nor can we guarantee the, su- the success or the happiness of our kids. You know, we, we just support them as best we can. And they're going to experience many other things in their lives that will impact how how they learn to make sense of themselves in the world and, and what things look like for them. But our parenting is so important. I, I look at it as preventive care. We cannot guarantee that with with preventive care for our health, will guarantee that we will never get sick. But it will greatly reduce the likelihood of us getting sick. And when we do get sick, the likelihood of ban- bouncing back and of of just having more mild uh, illnesses is is higher. Right. We are putting ourselves in the best position to really optimize our health. And so the same thing with parenting. We're building true resilience with our kids. Many believe we need to be tough with our kids in order to raise tough kids. Kids who can withstand difficult situations. But the reality is that we build tough kids by showing them that they are worthy, by showing up for them, by creating a foundation of safety. A kid that believes in themselves, their worthiness, that is emotionally intelligent, that is a tough kid. Being intentional and reflective is what gives us the opportunity to stop history from repeating itself. And if you're the first one in your family to parent this way, you will spend a lot of time in reflection. You will get it wrong before you get it right. What matters is that your child understands what values you show up with on a consistent basis. And when you get it wrong, you're making it better. You are helping them make sense of what happened. You are aware, reflective, and intentional. If this all still feels very up in the air or if you're still skeptical, if you're wondering where discipline comes in, where teaching about values and about right and wrong and about correcting problematic behavior, where that comes in, if you're still skeptical or wondering how to handle those situations, what parenting tools to use, then I invite you to stick around for future episodes. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you've made it this far, I just want to take a moment to thank you for listening right through and to express my gratitude for following yet another episode of Corazon Parenting. And if this topic resonates with you and you would like to learn more about how my private parent coaching services can help you transform your relationship with your child, please follow the link in the show notes to book a free consultation call with me.